We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Just a friendly reminder that right now, get any size iced coffee before 11 a.m. for just 99 cents. And a satisfying sausage McMuffin with egg is just $2.79. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? I am Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop, and we've got an amazing Bishop Kevin Foreman leadership podcast for you today. It's a triple header all this month of December with back-to-back leadership podcasts to help leaders go further, faster. That's what this leadership podcast is always about, all day, every day, 24-7. Today is going to be amazing because we're going to speak to leaders from the perspective of those that help leaders to lead, from the perspective of those that help leaders to accomplish what it is that they want to get done in their business, in their ministry, in their organization, whatever it is. So today, we're going to talk about the listening leader. We'll be back. In three, two, one. What's going on, everybody? You know we love life. Love life. Love God. And we love people. And you know we love life. Welcome back. I'm Bishop Kevin Foreman. Listen, this is going to be an amazing podcast today. First, let me get you to share. When you share, lives change, lives are impacted. If you're being blessed by the leadership podcast, and you're listening to the audio version, make sure you leave us five-star reviews. We want to know how this is blessing you. We want to know how this is impacting your life, how this is having a positive impact on your organization, on your business, on your ministry, whatever you do. We have listeners and viewers of the Bishop Kevin Foreman Leadership Podcast from literally every sphere of society, arts and entertainment, business, education, government, family, media, uh, and of course, the church world, and people who are just getting going, just getting started in their leadership journey, individuals that are six and seven figure earners, Fortune 500 company leaders. I mean, literally, it is a tapestry of talent that is connected and we're glad that you're connected. So I wanna encourage you, if this is blessing you, always bless what blesses you. There's several ways that you can contribute uh, into the Bishop Kevin Foreman Leadership Podcast. We'll tell you about those in just a minute, but I wanna jump right in to today's topic. Got a guest with me today. Uh, first time on the Bishop Kevin Foreman Leadership Podcast. He's from Chicago, Illinois. Love Chi-Town, just out in the wintertime. And uh, he is an individual that has done some great things in several specters, uh, sectors, rather, and really is going to speak to this concept of the listening leader. You know, there's a scripture, Luke 8, 18. Jesus said, take heed to how you listen or pay attention to how you listen, which means it's not just how you listen, it's who you listen to, what you're listening for. And I'm going to share, we're going to talk about three quick things that every leader can learn from those that are helping them to lead, from those that are serving uh, in support staff roles and uh, director roles to every founder, to every chief executive. But welcome to the Bishop Kevin Former Leadership Podcast, Jamar Board II. Welcome. Thanks, sir. 
appreciate it. Listen, glad to have you. Tell everybody just a little bit about your background, a little bit about what you've done. You've worked with some great organizations. Um, just tell everybody a little bit about what you do, and then I'm going to jump right into the subject. Yeah, so uh, I now have the privilege of serving as a senior pastor of Kenwood United Church of Christ, but also uh, in an executive kind of admin support role at the MacArthur Foundation within the president's office. Previously served uh, senior manager of organizational impact uh, for an African-American-based nonprofit in Chicago, executive pastor, youth pastor, all of that. Uh, so always the next seat to the leader. That's so good. The second seat, which is such a powerful seat, because I think many people look at a support role as a lowly thing. And it's really not. You know, um, everybody wants to be the head, but the head's nothing if it doesn't have an effective neck. Um, everybody wants to be at the top, but you, you're not going to be able to be there if you don't have the right support and the right team. So to me, um, that team is just as important, if not more important, even than who's at the top. Because the truth is, some leaders who emerge and become great, it's not even because of their talents, gifts, skills or ability it's because they've got great teams to make it happen um we want to talk about the listening leader you've served in a lot of roles to help leaders what would be uh, we're going to get three in today's episode what would be the first thing you say to every executive founder senior leader that they need to hear to help them be a more effective leader of their organization um what would be one of those things that you would say and then let's unpack that that they need to hear yeah, uh, the first would be culture, right? Be mindful of the culture that you've created uh, or desire to create uh, and how that may be theoretical uh, in idea uh, versus how it is practically embodied and engaged within the framework of the organization. That's great. Um, culture um, is more important than vision because culture um, really defines some of the unwritten rules of how people engage. What would you say to a leader who is not necessarily mindful of their culture? Because you say be mindful. How, how would a leader become mindful? Because a leader is always at the top looking down. How would a leader become mindful of what's really the culture? Because sometimes a leader can state culture, but that's not what's practiced. Yeah, one thing one of my mentors told me is there's a difference between being a leader and a boss. Uh, a boss just wants things done. Uh, they want it done at a certain time, a certain way, independent of efficiency uh, and quality ethics. Uh, but a leader is really there to identify the pulse of the organization. Uh, the is it is it a rigid pulse? Is it an open kind of laissez-faire environment, or is it an understanding that we respect everybody in this space, but there are expectations of what has to be done, how you do it, uh, and in the way in which you communicate your needs. So. I think a leader can readily identify based on how employees and or contractors or benefactors engage you in conversation, uh, the openness and willingness in which others uh, try to communicate to you and or expand uh, one's thinking or consciousness about certain perspectives or ideas around the work. Uh, and then the third is, is your work, is your organization growing? Right. If, if the organization is not going, growing, that probably already speaks to an issue that you have internally, culturally, uh, that has magnified itself externally. That's really a great point. What I'm hearing you say to every leader to boil it down is if you're going to get a pulse to get a pulse, you got to touch. So what's important is for every leader to make sure that they're touching from the top to the bottom, everybody in every sphere. And that doesn't necessarily mean every individual, but everybody in every area um, as much as possible and as much as feasible to really understand what's really going on. 
What, what would you say are a couple of effective ways from your seat, the seat you've sat in most of your career, what would you say are a few effective ways to do that? It is just as simple as conversation. What would you say are a few effective ways for leaders to do that? I think leaders have to identify a, a quality person in the second seat, right? Because um, the person in the second seat has to possess the same perspective as the leader, uh, but they communicate it and they engage it in a different way. Uh, so where a leader may be a little rigid, boisterous, or all about the end, you got to be able to have a second seat person that values the details, that values people's perspectives and opinions, but also understands that's not important right now. We need you to be focused on this. Uh, so that's one. Uh, the second is, do people trust you? Right? So if the people working for you, if the people in relationship with you do not trust you nine times out of 10, the objective that you want to accomplish will not be done. Uh, so quality person in the second seat and quality amount of trust uh, doesn't have to be an overarching amount of trust, but it has to be enough to say, I trust you enough uh, that what I'm giving to you will be valued and appreciated at the end of the day. Let's unpack trust, because how does a leader, um, how does a leader facilitate? And again, from your seat, your perspective, how would a leader facilitate um, trust being something, you know, something that grows? You know, how, how does how does a leader, if people have already connected, whether they're serving as a volunteer, an employee, a contractor, there's already some level of trust just basis, just based on the connection. But how then from your seat would a leader be able to, you know, grow that trust from your seat? Yeah. So one way is I think I've always seen my seat, my role as like the buffer uh, the, in, in the space of discernment. Right. So staff complaints, constituent complaints, good, bad, indifferent always come to the person in the second seat, but you have to really discern and decipher what's necessary to take to the leader. Um, and it's when those things are communicated to the leader in which change either is instituted or rejected, right? So if a staff person comes and says, hey, uh, we're not feeling uh, appreciated, we feel like our role is more transactional uh, than it is beneficial. Once you communicate that to a leader, that is also clearly stating to the leader, hey, there is not the quality affirmation that's needed being given to the staff. How do you want to go about this? And there's three there's three answers you can give. You can acknowledge that it's real and engage that second person and cause them to pull in more conversation and more dialogue. The second answer is I don't believe that this is our culture. This is how we've always done it. And you keep it moving. Or it's no action at all, right? I mean, there's no response. Uh, and then that spirals into something that you almost cannot recover from, right? So for the person in the second seat, communicating trust to a leader is essential, but also the leader has to identify that the per person in the second seat does not have a motive or agenda that is contradictory to yours. They're trying to do and become the most efficient and effective leader for you so that your overall objective can be accomplished in the organization. Guy, what I hear you say is that a leader's response to an issue is, is a way that they can facilitate trust in that organization with people, which I think is important. And the whole purpose of this podcast is to do exactly what it's called for a listening leader, because every leader is going to have to listen to a lot of information, a lot of data from a lot of different places, then filter that so that then that filter can then turn into something that's favorable action. Uh, which brings me to the second point um, that we talked one culture. Number two, you you mentioned this change, 
um, the, the leader's ability to change. And I think you said what well, change or go extinct. Talked about, talk about from again, that seat you've occupied most of your career about the importance and the necessity of change from the top down. Yeah. So there's so many ways you can go, but if you, if you do big picture, external culture changes every five to 10 years, organizations typically only change every 10 to 20 years, right? So you're already five to 10 years behind off the bat, right? Um, what I've learned is in founder led organizations, there tends to be a comfort in what is known versus engaging the unknown, right? So the second one is methods and processes also institute a level of change. So even if you're not changing your culture, even if you're not changing your overall mission or vision, there has to be an intentional, consistent interrogation of the methods and processes that are utilized in order to do the work. And then the third thing is, who is your demographic? Who is your audience? Your audience changes all the time. Uh, never forget hearing Bishop Charles Blake say the survey that they did when Los Angeles was booming in the late 90s. He realized he was only reaching people 20 years his senior and 20 years his junior, which meant there were two generations on the front end and the back end that were never being engaged. So the leader had to make a conscious decision of who do I put around me to ensure we're not missing quality aspects of a necessary target audience. That's really good. So I think that's really great. What I take from that, again, this whole concept of today's podcast, The Listening Leader, what I take from that um, is being intentional about change, um, not resisting change. In fact, making change the only thing that's certain. The one thing that's going to be certain is we're going to keep changing because we got to keep growing. We got to keep reaching people. And you said a couple of key points I want to pull out, putting the right people around you. What happens to the leader where they're primarily in an online or a digital space? And they may not necessarily have those individuals to directly put around them. What would be a suggestion, again, from your seat that a leader could engage some people that will help them to forecast, see, be changed? Well, one is identify the people who are doing what you want to do at a quality level. Right. So how can you learn from afar? How can you learn from a distance? Uh, the second is interrogate your surroundings. I think we are too surface level on the uh, quality alignment aspects that we do have in our lives without asking the necessary questions of who's in my friend group, who's in my family that may have expertise or wisdom or knowledge, but I've yet to engage them. And the third thing is pray and strategize. I mean, I don't I don't think you can forsake any of that. Pray consistently about the vision that you have, but also write it down and be mindful that it may not come into fruition within six months. It may take a year or a year and a half. But are you consistently and integrally developing a strategy? What do you say? You brought up a good point, and I and I want to I want to pivot here. I, you gave two great ones: um, culture change. I want to pivot because you one of the things that has been in both of those points has been the importance, particularly of who sits in the second seat for the support staff seat. What would you say to the leader that says? They've not been able to yet identify their organization is growing, their business is growing, their company is growing. They've not been able to identify um, the 
right support staff, the right support people yet. How do you, how, what would you say to them to help them cast their net, so to speak, to find those individuals? Because are they looking for a diamond in the rough? Are they looking for the diamond? Are they looking, what, what would you say from your perspective of how somebody would cast their net to get that right support staff? Yeah, um, number one, I, I, most leaders are in spheres or circles of influence with other leaders who have the same issue. So are you in conversation with people having the same issue? And are you able to identify why you all have the same issue? Nine times out of 10, I've learned leaders want a second seat person that's just like them. And that's the worst second seat person you can possibly have. Wait, 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 wait. This is good. Hold on, wait. We got to affect that. They want a second seat person that is just, so they're looking for a duplication of themselves. Okay, go ahead. That That's good. All right. So either a carbon copy, a duplication, or a yes man, which is a no all around the board. Uh, the second thing that I've learned is a lot of leaders uh, are resistant to put somebody in the second seat who is either of opposite gender or younger than them. Uh, and so that's, there has to be a lot of interrogation of that, because is that a matter of being mindful of the culture you've already created and what they could communicate if you're bringing someone in who is a in opposition of that on the surface level and or is there intimidation that you possess of having someone of the opposite gender or of youthfulness in that second seat uh and then the third thing I'm, I'm learning is most leaders don't know what they don't know uh and so filling the second seat is oftentimes probably should not be solely in the hand of the senior leader but who else on your staff on your team can influence the way in which you're observing the need, uh, meeting and addressing the need, but also fulfilling it at the same time. This is really good. I, I love this because it gives a totally different perspective. You mentioned a, a yes man, and I want to unpack that because um, with, with anyone building anything, it's important that you've got people around you that are able to get things done. But I want to unpack that because, again, back to the listening leader. He's got to listen, filter, interpret to take favorable action. What do you mean when you say that? A, a, a yes man. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So a yes man is a person who, um, even if they possess great thoughts, great vision, great ideas, uh, by virtue of the seat that they are in and the way in which they've been placed in the seat, there is a quote unquote subconscious understanding that your opinion is to be kept to yourself. Your opposing view is to never be uttered. Uh, and whatever perspectives you possess that could transform the organization for the better must be retained internally. Therefore, you become a yes man. Either right. out of fear or subjugation. I think that's such a great point because I have a saying that anybody sitting at my table has to bring something to my table. And at the end of the day, I'll make the decision. We're going to go where we're going to go. But it's very important to me as a leader. I need to hear. I need to see. I need to know, to your point, what I don't know. I need to see it from another perspective. And me, for example, I like to pull in different people from different backgrounds, different different races, different genders, different experiences, unchurched, de-churched, people who made a lot of money, people who are still trying to get going um, because it really expands the decision that we'll make. So that's important to me to explain that because I think some leaders think that they need to have opposition on their team. And that's not the case. You need people who are going to help you get to where you're going, um, but make sure that they have some creative ideas, ways, suggestions, opinions to do that. Uh, I want you to pray for every leader that is, um, as, especially as we come up on a brand new year, 
I want you to pray for every leader to find the right support staff, the right support team, so that with support, they can see success. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you uh, that we are in this space virtually to be listening leaders, to heed wisdom, heed advice, heed knowledge, but also move consciously toward that which you would have us to do, to be more fulfilling, to be more effective and efficient. Ask you now that you would guide those who are leading institutions, organizations, and companies of whatever size and direct them in the path of quality leadership, quality support, quality individuals that will allow mission and vision to become tangible and actualized solutions for those in which they engage. Help them to be cautious and mindful of the suggestions that are given to them by those who actually have their best interests at heart. And because of that, we need increased discernment. We need increased awareness and increased watchfulness of our actions, of our words, and of those silent thoughts that come internally. I trust you enough that you hear our prayers, that you are mindful of our needs, and you will meet them accordingly to your will. In Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, thank you so much. Such a great perspective that I think is going to help every leader go further, faster, so that they can seize the harvest, change regions, and impact lives for God's glory. We appreciate you. Listen, guys, if this podcast was a blessing to you, always bless what blesses you all of the various ways that you can give. And so uh, they're coming up on the screen for you. I want to encourage you as you're going into 2024, I want to encourage you to make it your practice. Make it your practice to sow into what sows into you and get that seed in the ground. You got a triple header coming uh, all this month to get you ready to make 2024 your best year yet. Jamar A. Boyd second. we appreciate you. Thank you so much for helping us to be listening leaders. Until next time, this is Kevin Ford, Leadership Podcast. And we love people and you know we love life. Love life. Love God. We love people, and you know we love life. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.